Hey, Chirocasters, Dr. Drew Rubin here. I want to thank my sponsors, now you know, Cairo Wright and Preferred Chiropractic Doctor or PCD. And I want to give a special shout out to Cairo Wright today. Um, we don't accept insurance except for personal injury, uh, but some of our patients do require HICFA forms, or with the personal injury cases, we need to send HICFA forms. Um, and Cairo Wright did not initially uh, do anything with HICFA forms, but they actually created a way for us to use these insurance forms uh, and print them off of our Chirate computer. So I really appreciate that so much that they helped us out like that. And now here's the podcast. Today's topic is going to be about um, the use of different kinds of uh, either prescribed or non-prescribed medication in children. I think it's important for us to know about these different medications because uh, so many of our kids are on so many different meds, um, and we should be like updated and be aware of what it is that these meds are and what they might be doing to the kids uh, and why they might be on them. But first, just a couple of um, tidbits that, that I've been kind of reading about um, as we've been going along. Uh, first off, just interesting fact from the Pharmacy Times. Uh, it says here, uh, among, the, among children, the top-selling uh, pediatric over-the-counter products include analgesics and antipyretics, which would be what? Yeah, that's like a fever thing like Tylenol, acetaminophen, those kind of things, and cold allergy and GI medications. In the United States, an estimated 3.5 billion is spent annually on cold and cough medications alone. So this is like unbelievable amounts of money. Like they, they talk about chiropractic. Like I think the whole chiropractic spending of the entire country is probably like three billion dollars. I don't even think that we get even past how much it costs America to do cold and cough meds. Um, so then over here it says, um, drug, non-prescription drug use among three-year-old patients reported that 53% of those studied have received an over-the-counter medication within the preceding three months. Um, most commonly acetaminophen, just Tylenol, and cold and cough products. So that means more than half of the kids you're going to see that are three years old or younger have in the last three months had some sort of over-the-counter medication. Not even thinking about the, the prescription medication. Um, an estimated four million children younger than 12 years old are treated with over-the-counter cough and cold products each week in the United States. Four million children a week are taking cough and cold products in the United States. I bet you we don't even have four million kids in the country getting adjusted each week. And there are four million children taking cough and cold products every week that are costing us you know, millions and billions of dollars. More than 50% of children in the United States are given some type of non-prescription medication weekly. 50% of children are given a non-prescription medication every single week. You can't tell me that even 1% of the kids in this country get adjusted every single week on a regular basis. Maybe we'd be lucky at 1%. If 10% get adjusted regularly, maybe 1% of the kids get adjusted. These are sad facts. If you actually want to really think about the facts, here, these are some sad facts. Studies have reported that 40 to 60% of parents' caregivers make errors when administering medications to their children, right? That's a pretty important thing. I think all these things just, it kind of adds to me why what we do is so important and why it is so sad that we are so underutilized. <clears throat> and then look at this, this is, um, I know this is old, this is from 07, 08, but unfortunately there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of data on the more recent stuff that I could easily find. But this is um, children ages 0 to 11, what are the most common prescription medications that they're taking? So children ages 0 to 11, um, 
Penicillin is the most common thing to treat infections. Uh, some sort of asthma allergy med is the second most common. Uh, and then this two bronchiodilators asthma is actually, actually this is the most common bronchodilators are asthma. So that means that, that there's this unbelievable amount of kids out there with asthma. And many of you know my story, the way I got involved with chiropractic was because I had asthma uh, and allergies. So I was on both of these things here. And I was taking plenty of penicillin-like uh, things too. So I was on all three of these things. And it wasn't until I found chiropractic that everything you know, changed. Um, then look at this, this is a sad thing. Adolescents age 12 to 19, um, the most common drug given is ADHD uh, drugs. Um, bronchodilators, number two, and antidepressants, number three. So that's an interesting fact to think about how many kids are on antidepressants. And so the top two out of the three drugs, prescription drugs, one's for ADHD and one's antidepressants. So what is happening to, to the behavioral state of our kids? Um, and then looking at adults, the most common thing, interestingly enough, is also antidepressants. I didn't realize this, but I was just listening to a fantastic a course on the great courses, which is a sort of like a CDs on some of the great professors in the world. Um, and it's called Origins in the Mind. And what uh, this professor was telling us is that the global number one problem in the world is what? Number one medical problem in the world, all across every country, depression. The number one problem in the world. More medications, more uh, diagnosis than any other one problem is depression. Um, and that's why, this is just this country, antidepressants are the number one most prescribed thing in, in our country. Um, and then over 60, uh, obviously some different kind of drugs are being prescribed to them for heart disease and cholesterol-related issues um, are significant you know, there. But I think this is, what this shows us is how much work we have to do. Um, not that our goal should be to you know, reduce America's, necessarily America's drug use. That's not what I'm saying you know, we should do, or that should be a byproduct of what we do. Um, but what, what I want you to look at is, is the, especially with, like in this article here, you know, they talk about us adjusting kids too much. There's hard, the kids are hardly getting adjusted, right? Uh, you, you know what's amazing is, is uh, like, uh, this past week, um, I had the, God bless you, the great fortune of taking care of a child from an, uh, outside this country, and um, he came into the practice for a week, for an intensive week. We saw him twice a day, every day. Uh, and the changes that we saw in this kid in twice a day, every day, so we saw him, uh, we adjusted him, we saw an exam on Monday morning, adjusted on Monday night, two adjustments on Wednesday, two adjustments on Friday, and one on Saturday. So it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, six adjustments, um, and the, the new patient exam, the changes we saw in six adjustments in, you know, in a week's time were incredible. Absolutely incredible uh, changes that we saw neurologically, physically, uh, communicatively, all these kind of things. So just to show you, we have, the power of what we have is so amazing. And if you, look at, if you look at any of these drugs, when you look at the penicillins or, bron well, let's say, bronchodilators, or antidepressants, or ADHD drugs, how often are they taken? Is an antidepressant taken as needed? No. no is a bronchodilator taken as needed? Probably not. Is a CNS, uh, like an ADHD drug, is it taken as needed? No, it's taken every day, every day, every day, at least once a day, right? And there are complaints that we want to see a kid like once a week or twice a week. 
really? Right, like, like my adjustment, my little sustained contact, my network, my bioenergetic adjustment, my activator adjustment is going to do something more damaging than taking a ADHD drug or an antidepressant on a regular basis every single day, right? I really want us to think about that. When someone, you know, I actually had someone, a, a former student call me up this morning and say to me, I have a real hard time talking to my patients about uh, care plans for kids because like, I can easily you know, tell them about low back pain, but when it, you have like a three-month-old, how do you like, tell them that a three-month-old needs to get you know, six months worth of adjustments if they're just three months old? And they have had a colic issue for two months. Does that mean that the, the problem's only been there for two months? Or maybe it started in the womb, right? So when you see it, you have a child who's three months old, they're not really three months old. How old are they really? Well, weren't they in the womb for nine months beforehand? Right? So they're at least three months plus nine months, that's 11 months old. And then, don't they have the genetic and epigenetic stuff that their parents gave them? Right? So when you, when you, when you talk about this, well, she, she said, I don't know what to say. I said, you're breaking a pattern. That's what you're doing with these kids, is you're breaking a pattern. So to, 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 it's the same thing whether you're adjusting an adult with back pain or a, a little kid with colic, you're still breaking a pattern. It's still gonna take time to undo it, right? And, and how often do they tell the, the kid to take the colic medication, right? How often are you taking Pepsid, the liquid Pepsid, to help his colic? You know, are you just taking it once in a while, or are you, just are you taking it every day a couple times a day? It's the same thing. Why do we chiropractors have such this concern about how often we need to see someone if, if you think about what's happening on the other side of the coin? They're not ha do you think that, that the doctor is embarrassed by saying, you know, you'll need to take this medication twice a day? But I feel embarrassed about that. Oh my, Ritalin's twice a day. Are you okay with that? Is that okay? To do twice a day Ritalin? Is that okay? I don't think they're doing that. They're like, it's twice a day, all right? There's no choice. There's no like, like haggling. There's no, it, this is what it is. You want this med? It's twice a day. Done. It's twice a day until I tell you, right? So what I want you guys to think of is the confidence that you should have when you're talking to people about care plans should be the confidence that you could imagine in your brain that the doctor or the pharmacist is going to be saying when they're talking about taking Prozac. It's the same thing. You take it until I tell you you shouldn't take it anymore. Right? There should be no conversation. There should be no guilt or shame or embarrassment or anything. You just, they need chiropractic a lot more than you can ever imagine. And like we've always talked about, it's not about the thing that brought them there. They need it for their whole life. Right? So we have to be confident enough to make sure we tell them that.